Hello and welcome to the Chris Wolf Podcast on iCode Media. On today's bonus episode, I wanted to talk about myopia management, and I've been really writing and delving into the most current updates in myopia management uh, in terms of the literature for the last few months. And in our practice, we've been doing this for a lot of years. I think the first time I did a uh, lecture on myopia managers back in 2014. And so I've just come across some other updates and, and things that I wanted to talk about. You're going to be hearing me do this more, mainly because I've been focused and kind of really diving deep into it. So for the next couple months for the bonus episodes, we may do some myopia management. We may, we may do some other things as well if it's on top of my mind. But you know what I wanted to talk about was kind of some of the comorbidities that myopia uh, leads to. And so from an, from an ocular disease standpoint, we can acknowledge that higher amounts of myopia lead to significantly higher risk of vision threatening and sight threatening eye diseases. And so, you know, you've all probably seen the big graph or the big table that kind of talks about the relationship that uh, increasing amounts of myopia have specifically on the development of different ocular diseases in relation to Emetropia. And so these, this is obviously the odds ratio. So one of the biggest ones that kind of really sticks out to me that we're, we're going to talk a, a little bit more in depth on a future podcast about is this idea of myopic, myopic maculopathy. And so it really is striking to me to think that, that basically one in four patients with myopia that's over minus six will wind up with vision loss or myopic maculopathy, which subsequently can result in vision loss of their central acuity, which is a pretty significant number. And Mark Bullimore uh, wrote a paper that was called Why uh, Why Every Diopter Matters, called Myopia, Myopia Control, Why Every Diopter Matters. And I, I think that's a, a helpful one because in that, what he poses based on the evidence is that no matter how much myopia you have, there's no safe amount of myopia in terms of risk for myopic maculopathy. And also that if you think about the number of one diopter, essentially whether or not the patient will wind up as a minus six or a minus three, every single diopter that you can spare them of myopia progression throughout their lifetime results in a 40% reduction of myopic maculopathy risk. Um, it's also important to think through the other things that, that come along with myopia. So not just comorbidities, but we have the educational impact of myopia. And so it's not something that we commonly consider in the United States, but uncorrected myopia obviously has a significant impact on school performance and in such that um, in Asia, a multi-site, specifically China, a multi-site randomized controlled trial recently of almost 20,000 children showed that myopic patients um, who were provided glasses were more likely to wear those glasses and the impact of those glasses on their schoolwork was more beneficial or more powerful by just them wearing glasses than the amount of education their parents had or the amount of wealth that their family has. So, so pretty significant there. And it's not, it's not shocking, but it is important. And then this idea of quality of life. So this is another one that I was digging deep into recently. And, and obviously, there's a multitude of studies that show the impact of quality of life on patients of all ages with myopia. But specifically, adolescents with myopia experience high le higher levels of anxiety. Um, severely myopic and myopic children have more visual with more visual symptoms. Things like tired eyes and headaches tend to have lower self-esteem and even highly myopic adults. So myopic adults in the range of minus 10 or greater, even from high-income countries like the United States, will report psychological, cosmetic, practical, and financial factors that impact their quality of life. 
In fact, their quality of life scores were more similar to patients with keratoconus than to patients with mild or moderate amounts of myopia. So those are some things that, that um, kind of compel me to think about why myopia management is important. It should be the continuum of care uh, within our practices, within primary eye care practices. If you found this episode valuable and you'd like to take additional steps to better understand the relationship with myopia management and the development and onset of myopia, check out my myopia control education on icodeeducation.com. That's E-Y-E-C-O-D-E education.com or follow the links in today's show notes. Additionally, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast, write a review and share it with your friends. At iCode Media, we believe in advancing the optometric profession by diving deep into eye care topics and providing actionable steps for our listeners and subscribers. Have a great week. Talk to you soon.